Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Last, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Stan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number 285, so thanks to everybody who tuned into last week's show. We know uh, that as we get in towards the end of the season now, there's probably a little bit of fatigue in, in people wanting to, to be recapped on what's gone on. But here we are with episode 285. This week, we've got our final league fixture to review, news from the past week, and making his Orient Outlook podcast debut. Leighton Orient's assistant head coach waiting for us on the line right now. It's Paul Terry. But before we do that, and as always, for the penultimate time this season... <sighs> A word from our podcast sponsor. Yeah, the tissues are out. So our <laughs> podcast sponsor are AJF Plastering. They're an Essex-based plastering and rendering company who cover all aspects of domestic and commercial work. They specialise in silicone colour render systems and the best part is that they offer 15% off all late and iron fans and staff. So for more info and for the best plastering and rendering prices around, you can go and visit their website www.ajfplastering.co.uk or you can email the team at ageofplastering at outlook.com and the boys and the team are on social media. You can find Adam on Twitter at Big Ads with a Z, L-O-F-C, or you can look them up on Facebook and on Instagram, quite simply, under AJF Plastering. It's been a pleasure. One more week of your lovely podcast sponsorship left. And, and it's next over. Week and, yeah. then, and then we are done. Right, so let's not keep this man waiting any longer. He has very kindly given up some of his Sunday evening to speak to us, having played a full 90 minutes, I understand, in the staff <laughs> match earlier on this afternoon. Legs are gone, lungs are nearly gone, uh, but he saved some energy for us this evening. Paul, welcome to the Orient Outlet Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Just, I guess, we start by uh, getting your thoughts on yesterday's game at, against Tranmere. Yeah, definitely. Good evening, guys. Um, pleasure to be on here. Um, and you are right, the legs and the lungs have definitely combated <laughs> a little bit today. Um, but that's the way it goes. It was an enjoyable day. Um, Great. Yeah, yesterday yesterday was a dis- like, disappointing way to finish the season, really. Um, we, we, wanted to go, we wanted to go out on a high um, and try and get a result. We, we were trying to just keep set standards uh, and keep momentum going a little bit, you know. Um, it was difficult. Premier have been effective this season and got in a bit of a low block and nullified us a little bit and stifled us, um, you know. Uh, so it was a even though we had nothing to play for yesterday, really, it still leaves a bit of taste. And you wake up this morning still down in the dumps, you know, because you, we don't want to lose any football matches, mm. you know. So we was disappointed to lose yesterday. Um, but you know, uh, the, the bigger picture is we're, we're trying, we're building now uh, to kick on for next season. We'll come on to next season in a bit, Paul. But before we do, tell us about how joining Richie at Orient came about. Uh, well, I worked with Richie before at Oldham, um, and it was only circumstances that, you know, we didn't work again at different clubs that he's been at, you know, um, for whatever reason, whether it be mine or staffing that he couldn't get in or, or, you know, things like that. So, and then obviously Richie got a phone call and was speaking to Leighton Orient and rung me straight away and said, look, if I get the job, would you be interested in coming in? And I was like, look, a hundred percent, I would love to go back there, uh, Enjoyed my time there as a player, um, although it was only two years. But listen, if I would love to go back and seeing the form that they was on and the run that they was on to try and help and get out of that, um, 
but it was there was still a, I think there was still a long process to go when we had that initial phone call me and the gaffer um, as to whether he would get it or not or, and the people they was interviewing. So it was about it was a, three or four weeks I think after that three weeks I would say since that initial phone call before he actually got announced as getting the job. Did where did our position? in the league and our form and the fact that we hadn't won in 2022 or, or really since kind of just before Christmas, did that not kind of put you off in any way? Did you not have to give it a second thought thinking, well, actually, what if we go in there and we find a load of players that, that are kind of like already checked out um, and our battle is going to be like so uphill, it's unbelievable and it's going to reflect on your future career. Did, did you not have those thoughts? Um, listen, those thoughts go through your head. I'm not, I'm not going to come on here and lie to you and say, oh, no, no, not at all. We didn't think that or I didn't think that. You know, you do have them thoughts, but we watched the Colchester game. We came and watched the Stevenage game and just hid away in a little corner. And you can, like, under, with Matty guiding them, you know, you could see that there was, there was always goals in the team. When you've got people like Drinan, Ruel, Paul Smith, Harry Smith, uh, Theo Archibald, there's goals in the team. And... If you can score goals, then you've got a chance of winning football matches. Mm. And from the two games, we saw that there was a there was a bit of a resilience there from the team to be able to come back in both them games the way they did and get late draws uh, was it showed that they had character and had a bit of resilience and that there was still fight in them, in the group of players. So we actually came away from them two games saying, "Listen, there, there's there's things to work with here. We've got goals in the team. We've got good players." So. Let's go and embrace it and let's accept the challenge and, and look forward to it. We know from speaking to managers from past Orient and past Orient assistant managers that there's not kind of one job description for an assistant manager. So what does Richie ask of you as his assistant? Because we know what Ross done under Justin, we know what Nugent done under Slade. So what does Paul Terry do under Richie Welland? My, my job and, and Matt as well, you know, we're there to basically assist the manager you know and help in any way we can we're there to be uh give our ideas he's very open and honest the manager um he gives us he gives us our voice and lets us have an opinion he's very hands-on and lets us be hands-on um you know with training uh meetings with players we're involved uh you know, the day-to-day tactics, the match tactics that he's looking to go through. Everything's run through us as a as a staffing group, you know. So it isn't like, there isn't like one thing that, oh, you do this, you do that, you know. And we, we, we do things as a collective. Now, he will get, he will take the manager I'm talking about. He will take the nitty-gritty stuff when it comes to a Friday before a game and getting that attention to detail in. Um, although he has also, he's letting me and Matt develop ourselves as well and, and take that at times, um, which is which is great for us to, because we're, we're still learning, so is the gaffer, you know, but it's, it's great to, to have that interaction as well and be part of that uh, match day preparation. Um, and then it's just balancing him off as well, you know. Um, he's very calm. The manager, um, it might not look it sometimes on a touchline, but he's very calm, collective. He knows his fault, and he and he knows how to deliver a message across to people, uh, especially the players. You know, um, and it's just about balancing that off. You know, and making sure if we think things are a lot, or oh, it's not been a great half, or it's not been a great performance. Right, hold on, let's have a think about this. Um, calm the situation down because some after games you can be. 
you can be a little bit pumped up and especially if you've lost a game you know he seems to stay really level which is good and it's great to learn from him and see that side of it but when there are times and we step in and say, look, no, oh, do you know what? We, I think we actually done this well, that well. And he goes, yeah, do you know, yeah, you're right. Or, no, no, I see what you're saying. But I still think I'm right, you know. So it's, it's, it's about balancing each other off. And I think we've got a really good blend at the minute um, with the way it's going and the way we want to go forward with it. Really interesting. Really great insight uh, there. So you're kind of like his eyes and ears and uh, there for a, uh, an opinion uh, as and when he needs it and, and just to help pick up on things that he made. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, not eyes and ears because eyes and ears makes it look like you're looking in on player, you know. At my, my job, match job, is to... We can have a different relationship with players. You know, he's the manager at the end of the day and there's got to be that. There's that line. We're, we're coaches and assistant managers, whatever we, we're called, you know, um, and our balance is to, to bridge that gap between the players and the manager at times, you know, so talk to the players, be able to have a bit of banter with them when needed, but also be able to go, right, no, this is what we need, this is how we need to do it, you know, and then the manager comes in and his voice is the most important voice that the players hear. So he's always the last person to speak to the players before we go out to train, before we go out to play a game. So what what have been the highlights for you, Paul? Because obviously you came into a team who hadn't won um, in a long time and from relegation concerns, it was quite a comfortable mid-table finish. So, I mean, what were the highlights for you from, from since, since you and Richie came in? Um, there's been a few. I was really, really pleased with the Swindon performance. Just the character of the lads. We went down to 10 men. And the character, resilience that we we shown against a top side, you know, uh, and I think they've proved that throughout the years, Swindon, you know. Um, again, they've got in the playoffs, you know, but be able to go there and dictate a match without really having the ball. You know, our, our, our back four, our midfield four, the way we were shifting, blocking holes for them. We made it really difficult with 10 men and, and credit to the lads, you know, each to a man. They put in some shift that day. Um, and when you when you see things like that, I think to me, do you know what? This group's got what we need to go to the next level. You know, we've still with a little bit of work. There's work to do, don't get me wrong, but there's enough that where you say, yeah, we've, we've got it here. You know what I mean? They're a good group of players. Fantastic. And also character from coming back from defeats. We've had, listen, we've had four defeats. We've had, a, we've had a good start. We're not getting carried away with anything with the, from when we came in. But, this, we, apart from Saturday, because we can't put that right now. But when we've had a defeat, we've responded the right way afterwards. And we've gone and got a win after a defeat. Yeah, so, that, that's been that. really, really pleasing. I mean, and the, and the manager's really like high on it, saying, we don't want to lose two games in a row. Let's not lose two games in a row. Let's make that a pattern where we don't... Listen, we are going to lose football matches, but we don't lose two football matches in a row. And if we can get to that and do that, it gives us a really, really good chance. So from that, you mentioned sort of character and resilience. What players have have stood out for you for for whatever reason? Oh, sorry. You cut out there, sorry. Sorry. Um, the, the, just asking, uh, you mentioned some of the characteristics of, of the team that you've particularly uh, picked out that are, you know, in that Swindon match. Um, but, but generally, what players have stood out for yeah. you? Listen, I think it, it'd be unfair to me to single out individuals at this stage, you know, because we came into a group of players that was 
I would say low on confidence, um, and like you like you said, couldn't buy a win really. For for all the efforts they was putting in, they couldn't buy you know couldn't get a win, couldn't get that win, and it was going on and on and on. And we came here and we just tried to change their mentality. And like, so it's it's unfair to to single out one person because as a group and as a collective, and I'm not talking just about the people that go out onto the pitch. This is the the players that are not been in the squads, the players that have been injured. There's been a real, real togetherness from everyone um, and a willingness to, no, do you know what? We stick together. We do this together and we will get out of this together, Mm. you know. So whether you're playing, you're sub, you're not in the squad, you're injured, they all had the same goal and we we, we got the same vision from everyone. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. You've got to buy, buy into this and we'll get there. And they brought into it from day one. So I wouldn't ever single out one person uh, from the squad because it's been a collective this season for us. Fair enough, absolutely fair enough. When when Richie took his first player meeting, the the club filmed it and uh, and, and put that out on YouTube. Amazing insight. One of the things yeah. that I I do, I listen to quite a, a lot of podcasts that are about kind of um, high performing mentalities. And one of the things that I picked out from what Richie did was he got all the players to write on the board something that they're going to give unconditionally every time they come in to train or or, or to play. Were you surprised by any of the comments that you saw or were you impressed by any of the comments? I don't know if you're able to say, not necessarily who said what, but if there was anything that stood out. It's not about saying what was put down or anything like that, but I was impressed with the mindset of the players. We gave them the board and said, right, Give us something that you're going to contribute to this team. Now, that could have been anything at all. And some of, some of the answers were really, really impressive. And again, I, I don't want to be a bore and not say a lot, but it was, it was personal to them. But it was also something that we could go back to and go, no, listen, hold on. You said you'd give this. Yeah. You said you'd yeah. give this. You said you'd contribute this. You're Are not. you doing it? Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, I am. Well, let's keep it up. If you're not, and you just be like, can you get to that? We try to get it. To, like, we was thinking targets that we can hit, you know, goal, might be goals, might be assists, you know, but there were some other things in there as well that, that really, really impressive, like with the mental side of things as well and the character building, you know. So there were, there were some real, real good answers and it surprised us because you, you they hadn't won, and you're thinking, right, what could they put up here? You know, it, it could have been anything. Mm. But I think that showed straight away where the players' minds were at. And they know, they know they're good players. We're a good squad. You know, we've just underachieving a little bit. And we just needed something to change, our luck to turn. Um, and we was fortunate enough, you know, to, we come in, I think, two draws, two good away draws at ball and Forest Green got the ball rolling for us, really. Along with, I must say, the two draws that Matty got yeah. um, at Colchester and Stevenage, you know, uh, and, and Matt and Rice, the whole staff have been fantastic. They've, they've made our job so much easier. Great stuff. We had a lot of questions, Paul. We'll come on to listen to questions shortly, but I feel we had a few about kind of your connections and transfer. So obviously, you know, you were an agent, you've been a loans manager, you, you've got... A, you've got a lot of contacts out there. Will you be able to use that to help bring some new players to the club? Will you be using your connections? Obviously, Martin will use his and Richard will obviously know who he wants. But but what about you? Will you be able to um, yeah. use your influences? Oh, definitely. 
definitely. I built up. I built up relationships with clubs, uh, individual players. You know, teams. Um, you know, loan managers because of jobs that I've done, and being able to get in touch with them people and the right people at the right time. You know, uh, to say who's the best ones. We identified about right. Is he available? Yes. Okay. No, all right, we move on and we lose the next one, you know. But we've all got, between us, we've got really good contacts in the game. Um, and like I say, it'll, it'll just be, I think, a case of adding three or four maybe to the squad that we've already got, you know, with some loans maybe as well. And and that'll be all of us contributing to that, along with the, the analyst, the, the media, the data analyst as well that we've got at the club. You know, we're all looking for that. Then players that can come into our group that have the ability, but also have the mindset to come into our group and make us stronger. Which is fundamental. Do you? Um, uh, yet yesterday, I don't know if I don't know what your knowledge is on this. So uh, apologies if if um, this isn't right for you. But I noticed yesterday, Simon Royce was holding up different coloured pieces <laughs> of paper. Been rumbled. Yep. Um, I don't know how much of that you want to go into, but we were just curious as to kind of what and why and why he's doing that and not that taking direction. But just a bit of intel around that, if you're able to share yeah, anything. Listen, uh, listen for, for, it's, it's a different way for us to communicate with the players for our set plays. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to go into too much and give too many secrets <laughs> away, but we have we've got a book of set plays that we do and we change them. All the time. Right. But what we'll do, we'll colour code four, five, six of them for a game. And the players know if we hold the cut, if Simon holds a colour up, that's the corner we're going with. That's the set play we go with. And they all know their jobs and roles and responsibilities. Beyond that, it's hard to go into too much detail <laughs> on it, but that's basically what it is. There ain't no message on their secret message or anything. Um, from Ricey but it's just it's the players knowing what each colour is and we've got different set plays that we will use um, and now have to renew them because you've asked that question sorry so, about that yeah <laughs> eyes everywhere in <laughs> that no stadium problem. Paul there's eyes everywhere but yeah it's uh, it's, it, it's something that's worked and planned it ain't just oh let's hold up a piece of card or a bit of paper yeah um, no, we actually the players know what they're doing and we know what it's all about Cool. So we know, obviously, the season ended yesterday, but football doesn't really end. Obviously, there's always things going on. So, I mean, what what are your plans for the summer, Paul? How what does an assistant manager of, of a League Two football club do once the season ends? Is it you kind of take a few weeks off, or are you always work like working? What are your plans for the summer? No, listen, you, 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 I have a holiday. I take I go away with the family, but you're always work. You are right. You're always working. You've got you've got to be because there's going to be opportunities. Players, meetings, um, staff meetings that we'll have ourselves, getting our preparations right for pre-season, planning pre-season and getting that nailed down so everything, so every little detail is ready. Um, and expect, like improving the squad with players, going to meet them players with the manager um, or the manager does the meetings, but we're in discussions about who, who our next target is, you know, and we've got, We've got a list of targets and we'll start working through them now um, to see if we can make things happen and get things done. Uh, we're lucky that we've, I have said, we've got a good squad. So there's no imminent, imminent rush, sorry, to rush out and just take anyone. We, we know who we want and we're going to be very methodical in who we go and get. But there is, you've got to have a break. 
have to spend time with my family there yeah. everything to me and same as everyone else you, you need that time as well where you just you're on holiday and then you, your missus moans because you're always on the phone so that's part of it yeah I get that with this podcast I know exactly what you mean um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, in terms of the aims for next season are we looking at put I mean I don't know how much you want to say of this either but Obviously, our aspirations, and I'm sure the board probably had this conversation with Richie and probably yourself on on the interview process, is probably to get out. Well, is to get out of League Two, whether that's automatically or, or or through the playoffs. Is that is that in your viewpoint? Is that your aim for next season with with the manager and the and the other coaching staff? This, yeah, definitely. You know, listen, we're, we're winners and we want to win things. Um, the manager's got great pedigree, especially at this level uh, with what he done. You see what his Swindon team done in yeah. this league, you know. Um, and we want to do the same now with Leighton Orient and get us back to League One. That's, we do want it there, you know. I'm not going to, again, there's no hiding from it. We want to be a League One team. Now, whether that's through the playoffs, automatic, you know, it, it, at the minute it doesn't matter. You know, we've got to get. We've just got to make sure we're there or thereabouts at the end of next season. Now, we're, maybe we aim for the playoffs. Then you go for top three. Then you go for champions. You know, but we don't want to be hanging around in League Two. That's for sure. Um, so we'll be doing everything we can to give us the best opportunity to to have a real good push at it next season. Mm. Cool. So we've got a few listener questions, Paul. Before we let you go, so I won't keep you too much longer. First question yeah, is up. Yeah. I mean. The first one is, what do you like about working with Richie? The fact that, like, how he lets myself and Matt do our thing. What, what do you want today, Gaffer? Listen, you do. You take training. You do this. You know, go and do your, what you think we need today. You know, um, and also the way he, he always asks our opinion. Um, it's never just him. It's always right. This is us. What are we doing? Let's sit down. Let's have a chat about it. You know, let's let's make sure we cover every basis of what we're doing. Whether that's looking at another team, looking at players, looking at the way we're going to play, our formation, our training. There's he he involves everyone in in the conversations of what we're going to do next. And so you're never on the outside of things thinking, oh, what's happening? What's this? He, he involves us all. And the way he is with people is, I've got to say, first class. Awesome. Um, with regards to, you, you've mentioned it a couple of times, there's three or four players that we need um, to come in. Where do you feel that we need to improve to really be promotion contenders, be that automatic or through the playoffs? Um, it's, it's difficult, really. I think we just, I think it's, like I said, it's about improving the 11 and the 18 that, that go into the games. You know, maybe, I don't know, uh, a number eight in midfield that can run beyond forwards at times. Um, you know, just give us something different. So you've got people knitting things together in there and then you've got someone that does a little bit different, you know. Mm. Um, obviously, we, we, Theo's been fantastic for us. You know, he's one that... It, you know, we would like to keep. I don't think there's any secret about that. I think the way he's done, you know, and I think the fans would love that one as well. Um, but I, I, it's, it's, I don't want to say too much without... Go, it's, it's a hard one, but there, there's a few positions we've identified just where we can make us as a team stronger. Now, and that's not necessarily saying someone in to someone out. It's just, can we make us stronger and better to push 
for what we want the end goal to be. Now, we've got to set our sights at being promotion next season, like I said to you. Mm. you know, and, that's where, and that's where we're looking and that's where we're heading. As soon as we come back first day of pre-season, we're, go, we're ready to go. And we hit the ground. We're, we're going and we're going flat out to go and win and get ourselves promoted next season. Um, so there, there are a few positions that I think we can improve the squad in. Um, but that's not anything against the players that are already there. It's just that's an evolution and the way things go. You, you, you improve your squad and you look to progress every season with and get players in that can do things that others can't do. And that's and that's the way it is. Players in the team have to complement each other. It's a bit like the management staff. You have we, we complement each other. There's things Matt does that I can't do. I do that Matt can't. You know, so you've got to have that, comp, that where you complement each other and get that balance right. Great answer. So I've skirted around the question a little bit there. So sorry. <laughs> no. But. <laughs> no, but we get the gist of it. It's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily one thing or another. It's about making us stronger. No, that makes sense. Another question we had, Paul, is what? What are your ambitions? Do you want to be a manager one day? Are you, are you happy to stay as an assistant manager? What are your plans? Yeah, I, I don't want to be a manager. No. Um, it's, it's never been something that appeals to me. I want to be an assistant manager, coach, whatever you, you call it. You know, I want to be and try and make myself to be one of the best coaches that I can be. You know, and help develop players, help make them better, help individuals and units be better. Um, management is not is not for everyone, and I don't think that's that's my strength. Being a manager, I think I'm better being on the grass with the players, at interaction with the players. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't ever want to manage. Um, I'm, I'm really happy being an assistant, being a coach and just working under a really good manager like I am now. And hopefully we we just keep progressing together. So we go League One with Aura and then we can take the next step together. You know, um, that's the way I'd like it to work out. I've got no ambitions or aspirations to be a manager. What's the transition like from being loan manager at a championship club to assistant manager at a League Two club? Is one easier? Which kind of where do you prefer to be? I think I know the answer. I prefer to, yeah, I prefer to be on the grass, um, coaching and being assistant manager. Um, the the loan manager job came about um, a few years ago at West Brom. I knew Luke Dowling there. He interviewed me for the job. I said, "Would it interest you?" And at the time, it, it, it was really, and it did interest me, and I enjoyed my time doing it. It gave me a different angle to go around to clubs. Players would go out on loan. I would go to the club. I would see the player. I would sit with the managers, talk to them about things. I would watch their training. So I was, if I'm honest, I was doing it, but at the same time, I was taking little bits as well, mm. going around to all these different clubs and using it for my knowledge yeah. because knowing one day I would come back into the coaching side of it um, and then being able to use them bits for myself. But completely different roles, um, but I, I definitely prefer being on the grass coaching uh, and system manager, definitely. We had a question about... Um the conference promotion battle at the moment, which seems to be hotting up. Obviously, two are coming up. Yeah. Any teams that you've got your eyes on who you think will come up and any teams that you'd like to see come up from the conference? Well, I think the two obvious ones play today. Yeah. Um, you know, Wrexham and Stockport. That's going to go down to the wire, it looks like. I know Stockport have got a game in hand uh, and the money they've they've put into it, you know, they're, they're having a real good go. But 
we, we, I've, I've seen a few games in the conference. Um, I would say probably them, them two are the strongest two teams in the league. Um, but only one of them can come up automatically, and then it's then it's the the lottery of the playoffs. You know, um, you know yourself. Dan Oren was in the conference, and it's not an easy place to get out of. Whether you've got money or you haven't got money, you know. Um, I think as a club, we was very fortunate to have a manager like Justin that got us straight back into the football league in his first in his first full season. Um, you know, because you don't want to be hanging around there too long. And them clubs that are there now are thinking the same thing. Um, so, but I think them too. I think Notts County are a strong team as well. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting end to the season in the conference to see who can't preferences. I've got no preferences about who comes up because I think we're good enough to beat anyone on our day. So there isn't anyone that we're going to fear next year. Um, you know, so it's about us and about us being the best we can be. With the World Cup being when it is this year. Does that potentially give us a better chance of getting championship or sort of the old fringe player from a, a maybe a, cham- a, pre- a Premier League club on loan as they won't be able to play for at least a month, probably six weeks, maybe a little bit longer? Yeah, someone asked me this question the other day and it's, it's a difficult one because I don't know what the 23 programme is going to be. Because the Premier League and Championship are going to stop, is the 23 league going to stop as well? Because of that, I, I, I don't actually know the answer to that, but you are right. There's going to be these fringe players that are not going to have game time for four to six weeks, you know. And the biggest thing for young players now is going to play, going to play football matches and learning the game. You know, twenty um, three football is good, but it's not real football, in my opinion. You know, you need to get out in the real hustle and bustle of it, whether that's conference league two league one you know wherever your stepping stone is to go go and play football matches um so it's a, it's an interesting one it's something that we think yeah do you know what there could be opportunities that maybe arise this this season no next season sorry because of that um but we just don't know yet it's going to be one of them like i think the loan ones are going to be late loans potentially that, that we take in because of knowing where they're going to be but on the flip side of it as well, I think it can help with support because there's going to be Premier League games and the London teams are not going to have game for six weeks. So can we attract them? Mm-hmm. Can we do get them 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 fans into Leighton Orient when we're playing at home and make it a fortress? Yeah, we hope so. We hope so. So, Paul, well, those are the questions done. I've got one more request of you before we let you go. So, the season's finished. You know, you, you and Richie came in. We were languishing near the bottom in a relegation fight. We've had a very comfortable uh, finish to the season. I think it's all fair to say the fans have taken to Richie and yourself. I mean, you 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 know, you can obviously hear the Richie Wellen song that's taken the stadium <laughs> by storm. Everyone's really positive about next season as it stands. So to finish, in Paul, what's your message tonight to the Leighton Orient fans listening? No, listen. First and foremost, thank you for the welcome you've given us both. Um, it's been. Amazing, you know, the support straight away off the bat has been good, you know, and hopefully now we're gonna we can now repay that with results on the pitch. But stick with us, stay behind the team, you know, the team's the most important thing. There's gonna be times when we lift the fans, there's gonna be times when we need the fans to lift the players as well. You know, teams teams are gonna come and maybe sit in sometimes against us and we're gonna need the fans to be that that cliche twelfth man, you know. Um and I think from what I've seen from when we've come into now, they can de- they'll definitely be that for us. So just keep 
keep the support, keep us going uh, and stick behind the players and let's achieve what we want to achieve at the end of next season. Great stuff. Paul Terry, thank you very much for joining us and making your Orient Outlook podcast debut. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Have a lovely summer. Uh, thank you very much, guys. I look forward to meeting you at some point, hopefully, uh, before the season starts. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thanks yeah, for your time, definitely. Paul. Take care. Thanks All the best. Guys. Cheers, Appreciate buddy. It. Bye. Bye-bye. So, that was Leighton Orient assistant manager Paul Terry on the podcast. Yeah. I've got to say, he came up with some great stuff. Very Fantastic. impressed there with Paul Terry. Yeah. So we hope everyone uh, who's listened to that has enjoyed that. I think we've answered all the listener questions that came in. Lots of duplicates, but I think yeah. if we didn't ask yours, Paul had already answered that in a previous answer. So thanks to everyone who sent us questions at quite a short notice at interview. And thanks to Luke at the club and thanks to Paul for coming on. So before we get into the week that was Supporters Club update, and it's quite a big one this week. So the Supporters Club presented their Star Man Awards after yesterday's match in the Supporters Club. A few winners to talk about. They gave the young player of the season to Shadrach Ogi, who has had a fantastic season. So well done to Shad. They gave the away player of the season award to Lawrence Vigaru. So well done to Viggs. And they gave their player of the season award to Theo Archibald. So well done to Theo. And you probably have all seen that video of him accepting his award and going to uh, make a 20-second comment where he didn't say... So I can't Quite confirm or deny what he was doing, but it's got a lot of fans very excited about next season. So well done to the Supporters Club for getting that up and away at very short notice yesterday after the game. Absolutely. The Supporters Club also announced that they've made their annual donation to the club yesterday for the massive sum of £40,000, well which was presented to Kent Teague and Nick Samaka uh, to assist with the cost of the new floodlights. I wonder how much the floodlights actually cost. Loads. No idea. Yeah. And to be at championship standard as well. Yeah. Going man. Also, to finish off the Supports Club update, a date for your diary. There's a beer gala going on in the Supports Club on Friday the 13th of May, starting at 5pm. And if anyone is interested in joining the award-winning volunteer committee of the Supports Club for next season, get in touch with the guys. You can reach them via the website or you can speak to any committee member. Most of them are on social media. So if you want to get one of their Twitter handles and you don't know, please give us a DM. They can give you the lowdown of what is expected of you. New members are always welcome as well. So I guess we just want to say a massive well done to everyone at Supporters Club for a fantastic season, uh, another fantastic season. And you know, personally, it was great to travel on the Supporters Club coach to Forest Green Rovers away, made some new friends, reconnected yeah. with some old friends. Fantastic experience. I can't recommend it highly enough and it's great to to be in the bar yesterday heaving, heaving pre-match yesterday. With Mike Dean, the Premier League yes. referee. Mike Dean was there as well. So, a couple of pieces of AOB. It's been a busy week this week. We'd like to give a mention for the final time this season and a reminder that our charity partner for this season has been the One Hour Project. Uh, for those that perhaps have missed this, they help students from lower social, economic and diverse backgrounds connect with people in industries and try to help them to build a network to improve their employability. You can check out their website, One Hour Project, the number one, an hourproject.org. And if you can help, if you're in a position where you're able to help give a young person an opportunity to learn, to, to grow their network, please get in touch with them. Orient Fan at Orient Matty is involved in this amazing project, and you can DM him on Twitter. So thanks to Matt and the team at the One Hour Project for your collaboration with us this year and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens for next season. Absolutely. A few more pieces of AOB. We say congrats to former Orient defender George Elakobi who after 20 years in the game announced his retirement. Well done George. Fantastic playing career. 
squad one the best overhead kicks I've seen at Brisbane Road. Remember against Aldershot back in the National League days. So, Big George, wish you all the best, matey. Absolutely. And don't forget, also, there is a charity match that's going to be raising for a couple of organisations. I think one's a, a, memorial, a testimonial, but actually the J3 Foundation is a bit of a fundraiser on Sunday the 22nd of May. We had Riley Doe on the podcast last week. Um, and Orient 11 will be taking on a South End 11, I believe, Joby McEnough, Just Josh right. Coulson, Josh Wright. Probably James Dayton, Dean Brill, uh, Brillo, Matty Harold. I think will all be taking part in that as well. I think Danny Macklin, ex CEO, <laughs> is going to be uh, involved in that as well. So you can get your tickets. Um, the DM us if you're interested. We'll put you in touch with Riley, and you can get some uh, get your hands on some tickets there for a very very worthy cause. Yeah, that's the Essex Charity Cup. So go and give them a follow. Like Paul said, Riley was on the podcast last week. He spoke to Dave Victor yesterday. He's doing the rounds. Go and search the LFC hashtag. You won't take long to find him plugging that event. Yep. And we wish them all the best with that. So moving on into the week that was the final week of the season. Two way Tuesday, the 3rd of May. A quiet day at the club with no news to report. So let's move on then to Wednesday the 4th of May. A Leighton Orient 11 managed by Matt Harold were in action against an Arsenal 11 and lined up as follows. Sam Sargent was in goal. We had a trialist, Ogie, Soji. Sweeney, Harvest, Young, Obiero, another trialist, and Krumah, and another trialist. Subs for this were Byrne, Quachi, Lorenzo, Pegram, a trialist, Clements, and Davies. Yeah, we're going to cover this very briefly. The O's raced into a 3 0 lead in the first half, with goals coming from trialist Dan and Krumah, and another trialist. So the trialists having an amazing day. The match was stopped after around 65 minutes, though, as Emmanuel Harvest went down. He received medical treatment. He was stretched off the pitch, and we hope he's okay there. So we hope young Emmanuel Harvest is doing okay after that. Matt Young, as you've probably seen, the club tweeted it, scored a sensational free kick. Amazing free kick by Matt Young. He made it 4-0 towards the south stand in the 75th minute. Arsenal pulled a goal back very late on. The match finished 4-1. Well done there to the young O's. Yeah, because Arsenal youth aren't going to be rubbish. So no months, that's, yeah. a, that's a great opportunity for us to show what we're about. So the club announced its Player of the Month nominees for April. And they were as follows. And unsurprisingly, Theo Archibald, Omar Beckles, Aaron Drynan and Lawrence Vigarou were the four nominees. Tough call for April. Again, we had a tough call in March to make. But, you know, it could be any one of those. We have had some decent results. Archibald's got his... Zest back, I think he's been amazing. Beckel's putting some really strong performances. Dryden's been really good, and so is Vigoru. Tough call. I thought maybe Beckel's might have snuck that one. He's quite high profile. Got into the team of the week. FIFA. Got into the FIFA team of the week yeah. as well. Was here, there, and everywhere. So thought he might have snuck that one. Well, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, we played six games in April. We kept uh, three clean sheets. So arguably, Lawrence Vigoru or Omar Beckel's Omar off the two probably edges it because he's kept clean sheets and scored two goals. So I thought he might edge it, but um, yeah. So surprise. Let's let's see what happens later. I mean, obviously it was announced yesterday, yeah. but we'll we'll come up to that later. But all worthy um, nominees. Absolutely. So moving on into Thursday, the fifth of May, a birthday in the house, thirtieth as well. Happy birthday to midfielder. Craig Clay, hope you had a great one, Craig, and weren't partying too hard. Yeah, absolutely. The club announced its nominees for goal of the month for April. They were Paul Smythe against Scunthorpe, Harry Smith's against Walsall, Omar Beckles' one against Swindon, and Theo Archibald's one against Crawley. Good nominations there. Decent goal. Only one winner though, right? 
I think we we both said this before the announcement on yesterday that would come to Paul Paul Smith against Scunthorpe. Not only for his own individual bit of skill, which was great the way he cuts in from the right, gets himself into a shooting angle and finishes it well, but the whole team movement and yeah, the passing agree. before that. But you know, Theo Archibald can consider himself unlucky because yeah. another month close second, he, he probably wins yeah. that. So yeah, absolutely. But what a what a situation! What a turnaround <laughs> of events! <laughs> We're sitting here in January or February. Talking about zero, like one goal that Darren Prattley got the goal of the month award by default for the fact that he was the goal. only goal. Yeah, yeah. And here we are sitting here going, well, which one could win? They're nice. all worthy. Take your pick. What a what a roller coaster of a season! So congratulations to former Orient Loney. Speaking of goals, John Lundstrom, who many of you may have seen, scored the goal that took Rangers to the Europa League final. No mention in his post-match interview of. Of his time at Orient, how it ranks up there, but you know, fair play to him. Scored a good goal, done very well at a high level. I didn't necessarily see that coming. Uh, no, I think if you would have asked me out of those low knees or any players that one of those players is going to go on to score a winning goal in a Europa League semi final, yeah. uh, not not even John Lundstrom would have even been in my top five yeah. players that I would have put forward. But he's had an amazing career. And he's probably got the, one of the best football chants I've ever heard. Yeah. So Rangers and the Belinda, Belinda, Belinda Carlisle Carl. song. Yeah. That's how you do a song. That, that is, is exactly how you do a song. So creative. <laughs> it's incredible. Amazing. So Friday the 6th of May in a day after. Another birthday in the house. This time the 24th. So we're wishing Aaron Dryan a happy 24th birthday. We hope he had a good one as well. Absolutely. And 16 years ago on that very day, Leighton Orient won promotion to the league in that game away at Oxford and we re- we tweeted the, the footage we found the footage of that whole game that the club originally put out a few years ago so if you want to uh, be a bit nostalgic and you've got an hour and 49 minutes then we suggest <laughs> you go and have a look at that what a brilliant day that was yeah amazing day feels like a lifetime ago almost mm. a very uh, younger looking Martin Ling I think it's fair to say yeah. on that day celebrating managing the O's but yeah lovely to see people like Mackie tweet you know Barry Hearn like they all like Sweet, and as they and should do, an amazing yeah. achievement. And great, great career high for And them. the way they've done it as well in the game, you know, the winner takes all, you, you couldn't well, write that Oxford stuff. Oxford got relegated off the back o- of that, Re- didn't Oxford they? Oxford relegated, last minute goal, all very a la Bristol Rovers. Yeah, uh, today. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday, which yeah. is crazy. So let's go on then to Saturday 7th of May, uh, which is Tranmere away. Before the match, the club revealed their April uh, monthly winners and their end of season award winners. They handed the awards out on the pitch at half past two. So we're just going to go over the goal of the month awards first. Sorry, the monthly awards first. Goal of the month, as we thought, Paul Smith against Gunford. No surprise there. Player of the month was given to Theo Archibald. So well done to Theo. Deserving of it. I didn't think he'd get it, but more than deserving of it. Mm. Goal of the season. Very hotly contested one. We gave our views on this last week. Paul Smith sneaks it for his goal against Barrow. So well done to Paul Smith. Manager's Player of the Year went to Lawrence Vigarou. And the Player of the Year, as voted by the fans, also went to Lawrence Vigarou. So adding Vigarou's Supporters Club Award, he's got three end-of-season awards. So well done there to all the winners. We'll be doing our end-of-season polls towards uh, the back end of next week. So make sure to keep an eye and vote for those ones as well but well done to all yeah, the winners absolutely so the main event of Saturday uh, was the home match the final game of the season against Tranmere Rovers and for the last time this season we ran a poll to find out how you think we'd get on, get on in this one and after just 168 votes in 24 hours 10% thought we'd lose 20% thought we'd draw 
and a whopping 70% for some reason thought that we'd win. <laughs> That's the Wellens effect. That's quite a very large uh, percentage to have as a yeah, winning. Considering it's... where they're at and what they're trying to do and where we're at and yeah. basically it didn't really matter to us. Love it though. So <laughs> as always, thanks to everyone who's voted, not only in that poll, but in our Twitter polls throughout the season. So we love doing and they'll continue into next season and beyond. So at two o'clock, the team was announced. Lawrence Vigaru in goal at the back. Tom James, Omar Beckles, Adam Thompson, Connor Wood. I'm going to say it again, Tom James. Tom Lovely James. to say Tom James. Yeah. Tom James in a central midfield. Darren Prattley, Hayley Kipriani and Jordan Brown and up top, Theo Archibald, Paul Smith and Aaron Drynan. On the bench, Sam Sargent, Alex Mitchell, Ethan Coleman, Obiero's first name has escaped me. Zach Obiero, Dan and Krumah, Ralph Saturiu, and Harry, Harry Smith made up the bench. Yeah, that lineup meant that Tom James returned to the starting 11 after five months out injured. Adam Thompson also returned to the starting 11 following an illness, and as did Darren Prattley. So good to see them all back in the, in the squad there. Yeah, your views on yesterday? Yeah, I think that's probably as strong as a team as what Richie could have put out. You never know, kind of, if he would have gone for you. I think we discussed this last week. Who does he go with? Does he try and give Obiero and Nkrumah starts? But knowing there's quite a lot at stake in the game. So that's probably as strong as a starting eleven as what he had available. So yeah, no, no complaints from me. And looking at that bench, you take away Mitchell and Coleman, the rest, the other four players of attacking players, Obiero and Krumah, Sotiriu and Smith, so quite a lot of attacking options to change it up. Yeah, should point. he need to? So I was quite happy with that. Yeah, I got nine out of eleven on Fan Hub, so pretty much for me as as I would have expected. Good to see Tom James back. Been a long road to recovery, but good for him. Good to see Thompson back and Prattley as well. Um, Craig Clay obviously says it turns out it's a bit too soon for him. Uh, and, and yeah, really, really good. Good experience for the young boys, as you mentioned, to be on the bench and in and around that first starting 11, uh, matchday squad. Sorry, so yeah, absolutely. Good. The only one who kind of leaps out looking at it now is Otis Khan, who I presume might have picked up a knock at some point. Oh, yeah, good That's point. the only one who I've noticed who I look at and go, oh, where is he? But never mind. We had a few tweets before the game kicked off. Les LK52 said, no, Mitchell, he's going back to Mill, I reckon. And then there was someone who tweeted and said, well, he is on the bench, mate, so you'll probably see him, which is a fair point. Absolutely. Um, and obviously he wanted to give match time to uh, our Adam own Thompson. player, Adam yeah. Thompson, although he's out of contract uh, at the end of the season. Gorillas1985 said, apart from Ogie, Clay and Satoru, that is our first eleven for next season. If the likes of James Pratt and Thompson... And Archibald signed. Yeah, fair point. So the game kicked off with the O's knowing that a win could see them finish in 12th place. Tranmere knowing that a win for them could see them maybe sneak the playoffs if other results went their way. So a bit of stake um, in this one. Decent atmosphere. Yep. Sports club was buzzing Band. before the game. Yeah. Tranmere fans as well, like you said. Mike Dean was behind us. Uh, it felt like an end of season um, it, game. It did, yeah. But it felt like a, a nice end of season game. Nothing yeah. to worry about. All fans are friendly, drinking yeah. there. We helped some supporters, uh, Tranmere fans, find their way end. And yeah, all very nice. Lovely. No problem with that at all. Quite an opening period for both sides, although Orient enjoying the majority of the possession. Yeah, absolutely. 15th minute in. Superb defensive tackle by Hector Kiprianu. He stopped Kane Hemmings, who looked like he was about to go through and had a decent effort on goal. Kiprianu done really well there. He did. The composure that he then showed to get the ball up to Archibald up the, up the field was absolutely outstanding. So he shows these brilliant glimpses, glimpses of what he's got in his locker and then unfortunately other times kind of lets himself down. But you have to f- remember that he isn't a, an old head. He, you know, he's still learning his trade. Although he's played a lot of games, first team games, 
you know, that just shows you what he's got in the locker. Yeah, absolutely. 16th minute in, Dan Prattley had a header safe by Murphy and Alan Drynan had a shot blocked seconds later. So it was going a bit end-to-end. In the 20th minute, Tranmere had their first effort at goal. It was high, well over the bar from Kieran Morris. Yeah, um, 21 minutes on the clock. Then a superb cross from Tom James out on our right-hand side was met by Paul Smith, who couldn't get his header on target and the ball flew over the bar. Decent now, chance, that. At, on the replay that we've seen, the official highlights, absolutely. Yeah. When Southdale thought that was, he'd done well there, but looking back, he was should have done better. He'll be disappointed. I think he'll be disappointed that he didn't keep that on target because then it's a different game after that. Yeah, agree. 24th minute, Tranmere had the ball in the back of the net. Lionsman had his flag up well before as an offside was given. Yeah, 29 minutes then, Paul Smith again was fouled in a decent position. Up stepped Tom James to take his first free kick in several months, but Walker seemed to be equal to it, made a great diving save, but the, with the help of the post. Yeah, I mean... Crucially, with the help of the post. I think he had it covered, so if it was going two inches to the right, I think I think he had mm. it covered, but you know, arguably the post really did, did the uh, majority of that. Yeah, I think the things to mention there is that and it's really come on my radar in the last kind of three or four games. Paul Smith is, will win you free kicks up the pitch in amazing positions. Yeah. So for only in the last couple of weeks, I've really noticed that when we've been talking and reviewing the games. And secondly, again, watching it from the south stand, it looked like an alright free kick. But watching it on the highlights, the highlights yeah. that was a great free kick, and he's got that in his locker, Tom Jones. Yeah, thirty-five minutes on the clock. Great effort from Theo Archibald as he held off two defenders, got his shot away which forced Murphy into a neat save. That one is on the highlights reel. A minute later, Tranmere took the lead. Across from the right from Baker Hobley was headed past Lawrence Vigaru by Kane Hemmings from close range to make it 1-0 to the visitors. And I mean, between Thompson and Beckles, one of them, for me, should have really done better there to prevent that. But you could also argue that we didn't do well enough to stop the cross. Yeah, I guess it was the first bit of quality for them. That I really saw well. They put a quality ball in. Kane Hemmings, I think we mentioned it before the games. Like since he joined them in January, he's been on quite a good form. Yeah. I think he joined them from Burton, so he took it well. Didn't for me, we didn't deserve to be behind at that point. I thought no. we had the better of the play, but that's what that's what the teams are up there will do to you. They just one chance. Well, clinical. Yeah, one chance. They they literally it was almost against the run of play because they didn't really do yeah. that much up until that point. Yeah, absolutely was. So that was it. Then one nil down. Two minutes later, Aaron Jordan had a chance. His shot went wide though. Of the far post, and on the half on the uh, half time point, Paul Smith was cynically fouled as he capitalised on a Tranmere player slip. Free kick was awarded that unfortunately came to nothing. Yeah, one minute of time was added on, played out. No further talking points as the O's winning one 0 down at half time. Yeah, the youth team were bought out at half time, and Jeff Detanga was given the youth team player of the year well award. Done, so, well done to Jeff and well done to the to the youth team who came second in their league behind championship outfit Luton. Luton Town who are arguably on Premier well, League bound if they can win the playoffs. In the playoffs, but yeah, well done to the youth. Their attendance was announced six thousand six hundred and twenty three with seven hundred and seventy three away fans making the journey. Not a bad turnout. Felt busy in the south. Felt busy all over actually. Quite mm. north looked a bit empty at points, and obviously Tranmere, seven hundred and seventy-three, nothing to be sniffed at. But obviously, that yeah, not packing out. The East stand looked much busier. Yeah, it did. It yeah. did. Yeah, decent. No changes for the O's at half time, and we got the second half underway. Yeah, from the kickoff, ball was sent up to the byline. Theo showed some great skill. Not making his man deep in the Tranmere half. We won a corner. 
came to nothing. Though. And a min- and uh, 51 minutes on the clock, Warrington fired over the bar from Tranmere. Didn't want you to think this is a completely biased <laughs> podcast. They did have a shot. Yeah, first O's substitution in on the 55th minutes. Tom James came off. He was replaced by Harry Smith. I mean, Jordan Brown was moved to right back in a slight formation change for the Orient. Yeah, Adam Thompson blocked well to stop a shot from Hemmings in the 57th. Yeah, let's get into the 66th minute. And you can tell this game's starting to filter out already, yeah. I felt, a little bit. Double Orient substitution. Darren Prattley came off. He was replaced by Alex Mitchell. Paul Smith went off. He was replaced by Ralph Satoru. Omar Beckles appeared to go and move to right back. Mitchell started in right centre back in another slight formation change. As, like we said, the game's starting to peter out already at this point. Yeah, penalty shout waved away for the O's in the 68th minute after Omar Beckles appeared to be fouled in the box. Yeah, 69th minute, the massively suntanned Tranmere substitute, Jay Spearian. He <laughs> just passed Lawrence Figueroa's far post. One of Willy Wonka's Oompa Loompas got out. 74 minutes on the clock. Mass confusion and another big, big talking point about a refereeing decision that didn't go our way. From an Orient corner, a Tranmere defender appeared to handle the ball and the referee initially awarded a penalty but then consulted with his linesman and changed his mind and gave a free kick against us. Second week running, we're talking about big, big refereeing call. Last week, we got the rub of the green, and we spoke a lot about karma. Yeah, surely, yeah. Yesterday, didn't quite happen, although I think it, people still can't work out why it wasn't given, but I think you're about to share. Yeah, so the, um, the linesman apparently saw a foul in the build, miraculously, a linesman saw a foul in the build-up to that and wait and... When the corner was swung in, and I'm guessing. Yeah, when the corner was swung in. So that's why it wasn't a penalty, because there was a foul. Just so it wasn't an that. Orient player who handballed it. It was for a foul. It was a handball. No, was, but it, people think it wasn't given because it, it was an Orient hand. Right. It was a handball, but prior to the handball, yeah, there yeah, was a foul yeah. in the build-up to that. Yeah. Which means that's what took precedent in that situation. Yeah, so not given to the... To frustration yeah. of the Orient fans behind the game. Everyone had their camera phones already out waiting to film it and then the referee went, no, it's free kick. Went, yeah. Ah, oh, don't. <laughs> Some Orient pressured in as we were looking for an equaliser. To be fair, the crowd was still with the team. Yeah. The people were still chanting Richie Wenders' name. We think we mentioned this a couple of times against Northampton where you're losing and people were still like singing. Yeah. Peaked and nice trust though, didn't it? Sometimes it was quite flat an atmosphere. We weren't, wasn't much noise but then there was times where it just kind of went quite noisy yeah typical in the season game I think I, all I respect to the Tranmere Bananas just the two people just, just the Bananas yeah, yeah. They, loved they, it. they obviously got the, didn't get the memo that it had been cancelled <laughs> I loved it 84th minute in we had back to back corners from the second one Harry Smith headed towards goal and Alex Mitchell got a flick on instinctively by sticking <laughs> his back leg out the ball flew just wide I mean what a goal that would have been had that gone in but there Could have go. been goal of the season. Uh, Theo Archibald won a free kick that unfortunately came to nothing in the 86th minute. Yeah, six minutes of additional time played in this one. No further talking points. The full time whistle went. Season ended as the O's were defeated 1-0 at home to Tranmere. Yeah, and shortly after the full time whistle, the players came back out with their families for a lap of appreciation as the fans who stayed in the ground applauded the players with some lucky young fans being given shirts and boots. Yeah, we saw lots of that on social media. I must say, you know, for us, lovely to see Harry Smith give his um, boots to our young self-stand Padawan who sits like two seats to our right. Yeah, young James. James, he was absolutely made up by that. So, Harry Smith, bit of growing to fit into them ten and a half, but... He'll remember that though, saying to his dad, Darren, he'll remember that for the rest of his life. 100%. So, yeah, well done on reaching out and getting the boots as well because your long arms 
Got them, took them yeah. from Harry. Yeah. <laughs> well, his longer arms than mine. So Richie Williams was interviewed after the game by David. They were pretty much sure that everyone's already watched that. A few talking points, though, that Richie said worth talking about the team. They're going away on the 2nd of July. They're going to Portugal and they're playing two matches. So that's what Richie yeah, says. Yeah, I understand. One of them's a championship club. Yeah, so we will see what happens with that. Richie, again... Very similar to what Paul said, so they're both very much in sync. So he reckons just need three to four players, and he mentioned this quite a lot, calling it the icing on the cake. Once players it will be the icing on the cake, as we have really good foundations. Also said he reckons Dan Happy will be fit for the first day of pre-season. So that's great news there. So we wish Dan well in his rehabilitation. Doesn't reckon Craig Clay will be ready for the first day of pre-season already. He reckons he'll be back for pre-season, but can't yeah. see him being back for the first week of pre-season. So very interesting there, yeah. as always. Well done to Dave Victor. Richie always gives a great post-match, and I guess we must say a massive thank you to Dave Victor Dave, absolutely. throughout the thank season you. for sending us the interviews, Dave. Much, much appreciated, my friend. So, the final league table of the 21-22 season sees us finishing 13th place in League 2. We've now played all 46 games. We've won 14 of them. We've drawn 16, lost 16. We've got a positive goal difference, despite that, of positive 15. And we ended up on 58 points. So, Bearded Legend, in your views on the final game of the season? Short and sweet. Not not a game that we'd hoped it would be. More of a reflection, I think, of our season, not to get too... Yeah. Uh, prophetic about it um, at times we played some really good football had loads of possession wasn't clinical enough didn't do enough with it there was a lot but I was getting quite frustrated because there was a lot of back and sideways passing when you're trying to impress your game you need players to move there was a lot of statues at times and that was frustrating and that's not what we've come to see from a Richie Wellens uh, side and I'm sure that he probably was getting a bit annoyed by it as well he mentioned that in his post-match saying we played in front of them a lot yeah like there was no movement to get in behind. Make gaps. They were obviously well drilled. All credit and respect to them. They were obviously well drilled. They made it difficult for us. But when when we're asked trying to be the one that's asking questions, we need to move them out of position yeah. and move their shape differently. And we need clever players for that. Tranmere had one good chance and scored it. Yeah, you know, arguably more poor official. Was there a foul in the build up? Who knows? Um, we'll never know. And it's just one of those. Uh, but thank goodness, I'm I'm quite happy now. The season's over. Let Richie and, and Martin and the transfer committee and Paul and, and Matt and do all of that what they need to do. Release players that need releasing, um, sign players that, that they actually want to get in the building and let's see where we go from uh, from the start of next season. Be interesting to see, always exciting from the summer. But I'm pleased the season this season's over now. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've got you've got a bigger you've got a big summer coming up yourself, mate. So um, I have we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, very true. <laughs> so for me, yeah, a bit of a strange game yesterday. It did feel like an end of season game and I think you know very we're probably so. ready for the season to end. I think we played okay. We couldn't really get out of second gear. I think it was you know, like we said not much movement off the ball, flip-flops kind of on, mm, I would say. Yeah. It won't live long in the memory for the football aspects, probably will do, again, for a refereeing decision. But this time it didn't go our way. You can see why Tram have done well, though. Like mm. you said, well drilled. They got a guy up top who looked dangerous for the whole game. Only had one real chance and they took it. It's a fair play to him. Got to say, good banter with Murphy yeah, in the he South did, stand. Good point. He was good. He, he was getting a bit of jip from the for South stand just for his haircut. He put grass on his head when they said he's Got no air, put grass on. He had some good banter, which I think always helps out. Yeah. If the keeper has a laugh at you, you're more inclined to yeah. you know, have a laugh back, which is good. 
thought the lap of appreciation was a bit strange. And Richie again mentioned it in his post-match, saying he'd prefer to do it pre-match when the stadium's busy and it's full because there's more people in there. There's such an exodus of people. It felt a bit odd there. Like I know what you mean. And it took Lacking. a while. It took like 10 or 15 minutes for him to come out. And I understand that Tranmere wanted to do their thing with the away fans first, which I get. But that took another like five, ten minutes to add on. So by the time the players came back out, because they they still deserve, they still played for a season. So whether you know Most they win the league or finish bottom, I think you know for me anyway, I I wanted to stay behind the Clapham, but it was it was pretty much empty in there. It didn't yeah. feel really like a like a big deal in there. But like we said, fair play Harry Smith and to all the other players. I've seen a kid with a Theo Archibald shirt. I've seen one with Rawls training top. So yeah. you know, great to see you know that Orient can do that if you support Orient I can't I don't think that would happen at a United or a Chelsea or West Ham or an Arsenal maybe it does maybe I'm wrong but you know those kids will remember that, that day yesterday for the rest of their mm. lives and on to next season we go it's done now after listening to Paul Terry I'm infused absolutely I was infused anyway but I'm just as infused now for next season so a lot to be yeah. positive about and one thing I forgot to mention you should never grow uh, fondness for loan signings because they might not <laughs> be here next season but I have to say the way Alex Mitchell conducted himself this season special mention to, to everyone that's done a job for us obviously it didn't work out for George Ray it didn't work out for Dan Moss or Frank Nublay but one loan signing that did have a massive impact that I think would like to be at the club next season is is Alex Mitchell so we'll see how that one pans out as well yeah. um, see what Mill will want to do with him but yeah I think a few, I see a few people tweet about that and he was solid for us and yeah. he's a good lad as well Good point. So those were our views. So your views are in there. So a huge amount of feedback has always came in after this match. So thank you to everyone who sends in their views. These are all views that came into our social media accounts. These accounts, as hopefully you know, they are sponsored by town and country estate agents who are an Orient supporting highly successful estate agents and West Stand season ticket holder is a director. So Charlie Paul offers all late night fans and staff a whopping 20% off his usual fee. And he puts this on his tweets now. This is kind of his slogan. So if you're thinking of moving, keep it in the Orient family. Right. Save yourself a few quid. You can do so by calling Charlie directly on 07528 471 497. If you've not got a mobile or you'd rather email him, you can do that. You can email him at charlie at townandcountrypropertysales.co.uk or you can find him on Twitter and send him a message at charlie underscore paul, which is P-O-O-L-E. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. That's right. First up this week is Orient Meat Pie. He said, really poor, already on the beach. I hope we get rid of the players who can't be bothered. Couldn't even make the effort for an alleged full house. Not impressed at all. David Sears Free says, 100% penalty for us. Revenge for Crawley's disallowed goal last week. Tram had one chance and they scored. Yeah. Um, David Brew, 47976911, said, Lots of huff and puff, but too much sideways and backwards. No cutting edge or quality. Absolutely right, but obviously Tram is set up to stop us doing that. The only bit of quality was their goal. As for the penalty, the ref got it right after consulting the linesman. Although, if it was an orient hand, why did the Lino flag in the first place? Yeah, Trousers Techno said, Typical end of season game where there was some huff but no puff and quite a bit of subtlety was missing in our play. Nothing on it leads to no real pressure in the game and we got what we deserved. We need a touch more quality and creativity 
So let's see what the summer brings. Record Blue App said, Nothing game really. Felt very much end of season vibes. Don't mind it as we're not playing for anything. But felt similar to the Maidenhead game from National League days of not much to get excited by a 1-0 loss. Looking forward to next season and a few signings through the door. Richard J. Bourne said, Poor performance for a big crowd. Along with the Oldham game being the worst under Wellens. It's so important to our centre midfield during the summer. Clayback will be huge. So much better than Hector. Uh, T-Trios said was a nothing game looking forward to seeing who we bring in over the summer I think that's probably where more the excitement is is who we bring in Uh, midfield definitely needs some creative presence Jack Powell from Crawley would be a shout need industry uh, and industry and creativity in the midfield to be successful David Barrett 6 so we didn't play through the thirds we don't really have a midfield that allows us to do that the Leachies said I thought Kenny had returned we had no midfield poor performance big crowd and we wanted a party, but had no party, Pete, at all. Pleased the season is over. Yeah, a lot of comments coming in about the midfield for this one. Lennon yeah. for said an underpar performance, but the season's over at the perfect time. An opportunity for everyone to take stock of an emotional roller coaster of a season, recharge, and start believing all over again in the summer. Uh, one Adam Conway said, massively disappointing season. Big review required behind the scenes. The answer cannot be to keep changing the managers all the time. Give Richie Wellens what he wants and stop overcomplicating the transfer policy. The authentic Gaz said, that's that then. Time for Richie to sort some signatures. Theo top of the list. Build a squad that will challenge next season. And I feel we're not far off. Pandemonium 1881 said, not the way you want to end the season, but was likely symptomatic of the 46-game campaign. Started quite brightly, some neat stuff, but then shortly before their goal and after, it was all a bit tiresome. Laboured and lacking in real quality. Frustrating, but it didn't matter. Good tweet there. He summed up very well there. 1965 AC, 1881. So played all right in the first half. Went off the ball in until the last 15 minutes. Good to see James back. We're very unlucky with his free kick, and I thought Brown played well again. Yeah, yeah. good point about Tom James. There. I mean, imagine, mate, not playing for five months for injury, getting yourself rehabilitated, coming on, free kick in the first half, and you score it. I mean, what a dream land. Jordan a, Brown as well. Did Worth very shouting well, out, yeah. Don't again, yeah. Second time he's played at right back for a, for a centre mid, so well played. Wilco 300 said, result aside, I really enjoyed the day. Got there early so my son could have photos with the players and get his ball signed. Grabbed a few sale items in the club shop and a bite and a pint before kickoff. Players were great with my son and he was over the moon. Two very happy O's fans. I'm oh, glad you had a good day there, Andrew. Billy Carroll GB said, poor end to an absolutely abysmal season. First time we've gone backwards in five years. Hopefully we've learnt lessons about where the season has gone so wrong and we go up next season. Uh, Freddie LOFC said, shame not to end on a win. Can't wait for next season. Have full faith and trust in Wellens. That if the recruitment is good, we can be up there challenging. Give the man at least two years to get us promotion. Wiggy underscore cuts said, really hoping to see certain plays gone and fresh faces in the door. Renewed belief in Richie to bring in what we need. But what an abysmal few years we've had watching this lot on repeat since promotion. Never felt so bored at times. Hopefully next year he gets us playing. Yeah, uh, Boatsy said, result aside, what a cracking day out with Rory. He had He has had a game... He has had a great time. Game-wise, entertaining first half, but very frustrating second. Hopefully, this time next year, we can be the ones fighting to go up in the playoff or in the playoffs. Lingy, get Tom James and Theo signed up ASAP. LOFC underscore Ed played all right in the first half for the most part. They're a bit flat after their goal. Second half was poor. But how in the world is the ref given a penalty for a handball but then asked the line to make the decision? Still, 
On to next season. Hopefully, we're all celebrating. Pint of Wallop said, uh, with the penultimate word this season, said the game kind of encapsulates this season. Started off well, plenty of possession, hit the post, and then 15 minutes either side of the break, we were poor. Rallied in the dying minutes to put some pride back into the result. Mid-table finish is about right. Yeah, final word then for this one goes to best snooker, JP, who's disappointed not to finish at the top half of the table. Well done to Richie to save the club from going down. Have a good summer, everyone, and stay safe. Come on, you O's. That's right. Do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? You can let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. We're on Facebook. Just search Orient Outlook Podcast. We're on Instagram, Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast yeah thanks to everyone who's tweeted the pod this season another amazing season of engagement yeah on twitter whether it's pre-match post-match team tweets twitter polls you name it you've tweeted us on it so thanks to everyone who has done that so the carol langley florist prediction league update as you hopefully know carol langley established local florist in chinkford specializing in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events they can do weddings bar mitzvahs christenings anything you want they can help. Get in touch with John and the team. You can tweet them at Carol Langley E4 or you can tweet John at Essex Biz. They're also on Instagram at Carol Langley E4 as well. No one, surprisingly, tweeted or predicted 1-0 to Tranmere. So it meant there was no drama on the at all on the season. final day of the season. Not in our match anyway. Not in our match. No movement at all. So we are delighted to say that winning the Prediction League and he becomes the first winner or first person to win it twice since its introduction five years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, well done with 32 points. It's Adam Wozzy. Well played. Like, that is fantastic. I still, like anyone that gets one right, I think it's done really well. But to get 32 points over a season is amazing. I think 32 points might be the most points we've ever had in a season. I'll go back and check the uh, the archives. because he's done. The, just need the lottery numbers off him. So there. well. So Adam wins the Prediction League. Leighton Ori was behind him on 26 points in third place. On 22 points, Evilist Mick and LFC Teresa. Teresa, it was nice to see you at half time yesterday. Thanks for coming over, yeah. Yeah, and thanks to everyone who came over actually. Uh, Dick Roberts uh, in the supports club. Sheldon Fellman. Old school supporter, showed us his article in Orienteer. So well done, uh, Dick. Said he listens sometimes. Well, if you're listening today, here's a shout lovely out for to meet you. you. Lovely to meet you. <clears throat> yeah, lovely to meet everyone yesterday and see some familiar and new faces. So great to see everyone. And like I said, thanks to everyone for their predictions this season. John is going to sort prizes for the monthly winners that he's still doing and for the actual winners themselves. So hang tight, we'll DM the winners and sort out your prizes. But not to discredit the others, Leighton Ori ended up in second place with a whopping 26 points. Evelis Mick and LLC Teresa you just done that, didn't you? Sorry, yes. I was so engrossed <laughs> in what you were saying after that. So that then leaves us then to Sunday the 8th of May. The ladies were in action against Forest Crusaders today and it was the Crusaders who took the lead in the 33rd minute which only lasted five minutes as Ellie scored the equalising goal. Manley sent the O's into half-time with a 2-1 lead after converting just on the stroke of half-time but late in the second half, Crusaders equalised as the game ended up finishing... 2-2 two, two. so well done and good luck for next well done to the ladies and good luck for next season I saw they had an open trial call as well so I hope you get some good talent look forward to following your progress next season yeah good stuff so before we bring this one to a close we are delighted 
to have on the podcast sponsor. So as you all probably know, that we announced earlier, or Adam announced about two weeks ago, that AGF Plastering aren't going to be renewing their sponsorship after three wonderful years it comes to a close. We couldn't let Adam go without getting him back on the podcast. So delighted to welcome back Adam Francis. Adam, lovely to have you back, mate. And first of all, what are your thoughts been in on the season? Oh, it's, 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 it's definitely been a roller coaster. I think. Um, it started with so much promise. I think um, every single Orient fan, well, I'd say 99% Orient fans um, were over the moon with the appointment of Kenny Jacket. Um, although, you know, some of the signings were a little bit debatable in the summer. There was quite big talking points on that. Um, but the season got started and uh, we seemed to sort of yeah, we, we got off to a reasonable start, and then and then um, and then kicked into gears before Christmas. But not, you know, I think it's. I don't think many people can explain what really happened. It all just seemed to fall apart. It was it was going in the right direction, and then you know, we lost uh, Tom James, Craig Clay. Um, you can use the COVID excuse as well, you know, but I think every club was going through that. So we, you know, it's all right to use that as an excuse, but everyone was going through that at the time, or. Um, well, legitimately, some people were going through it, um, <laughs> and and it fell apart. And uh, you know, nobody like, nobody likes to see a manager lose their job. I think you know, in football these days, people lose their jobs too quickly. But I think it was clear to see that Kenny had completely lost all. I, I won't say the plot, but he, he just didn't. He had. He didn't have a plan B. There was he just looked dejected near the end, and I think that the, the board made the right decision in, in, in letting him go. And our season has kick-started in the last sort of I'm not sure how many weeks it's been now that Richie Wellens is coming, but our season's kick-started right at the wrong time. It's ending just as it was getting good. So um, yeah, a bit of a roller coaster, boys. I think absolutely. Uh, thoughts on yesterday, just very quickly as well on the Tranmere game, last game of the season. Uh, well, to, to be fair, I mean, they were they had an outside chance of the playoffs. So there was always, I thought there was always going to be um, a bit of a threat. But I think first half we were by far the better side, and then they scored the goal against the run of play. If you like, we had good two or three chances to to put the game to bed by then. Uh, Tom Jones was unlucky with a free kick. I think. Paul Smith missed the header, which arguably should be really testing the goalkeeper. Uh, then they score the goal, and yeah, second half it was it was flat to be fair, but you know, it was a bit of a dead rubber. You know, it was playing for pride. Yeah, there's not really much to say about yesterday. It's a poor refereeing. Well, it's a poor refereeing decision. I'm not actually. I don't know if anybody's 100 percent sure on what actually occurred. And he pointed to the spot, as far as I'm aware. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I thought he pointed to the spot, and then the line. I had something to say, but whether it was uh, for a foul in the build-up or uh, uh, you know. Yeah, referees don't really tell us, do they? That you know, referees are not accountable to explain their decisions. You know, if you get the if if we got the penalty and we score, we we probably go on to win the game. But I didn't really feel like Tranmere were much of a threat, and uh, the game just petered out as a yeah, just a we won't live long in the memory. No, absolutely. So, Adam, who who's your player of the season? Who's name the players who impressed you, and I guess give you give who you think is your player of the season. Well, I think if the t- 
if they had lasted the season, Tom James or Craig Clay, the way that they were playing at the start of the season, would definitely be in the running. I mean, they, uh, you know, uh, people who have listened to me before, you know, might know that I'm not, I wasn't the biggest Craig Clay fan, to be fair, but I mean, he was absolutely unreal this season until he got injured. Tom James was a solid, solid um, right back. But I think just for sheer work rate, uh, the goals and he's got a bit about him. He's got a bit of heart. I think I think Aaron Drynan for me is is one of the best players of the season. Um, like I say, if if Tom James or Craig Clay had stayed fit for the entirety, it would have probably been one of them. But outside of that, uh, yeah, I definitely think Aaron Drynan deserves deserves big credit. In terms of the impact that Richie Wellens had, what's your views on that? Well, we'll never know really what was going on behind the scenes because if we cast our mind back to the Steve Davis era and then Justin came in, they, they, you know, um, I've said this to a few people, I think I've said this to you boys, that there's something without, you know, God, you know, God rest his soul. That, and it, it, you don't want to compare, but there's something very Justin about... Um, about Richie, he's come in. He's clearly got an aura about him. He's got a style of play that he clearly wants to implement. He's just listening to his interviews. is a bit no, you know, he's a, he doesn't mess about, and um, you know, he, you know, he's even pulled us fans and digged us fans out a little bit. Which, let's face it, some of us deserve at times. We all get a bit of molestation. Um, which Justin used to do. It's so maybe maybe the fact that maybe the fact that he's a northern lad and you know obviously the last few appointments have all been you know from down south maybe he's a bit of an outsider maybe he's he's got a bit no fear he's not he's not worried about you know making friends he's going to come in and rock the boat a little bit and I, I think he's the I think he's the you know it's, it's easy to say it now because obviously we're just ending ending a, a really good run under him but. Yeah, I think he's got something about him that perhaps others haven't. And um, who who knows what would have happened if he'd have got the gig over Jackie at the start of the season. Mm. I think we'd be in a much different league position right now. So what about next season, Adam? I think we sit here, you know, we finished 13th in the league. We, we all feared relegation about two months ago and it's been a very comfortable finish to this season for us. What, what, are, your, what are your hopes and thoughts about next season? Uh, well... Uh, you've only got, you know, again, he's got a nucleus of a squad next season that obviously, unless we've, unless we're prepared to get rid of, you know, if there's a certain few players, for instance, that he, he doesn't fancy but they're under contract, unless the player that, you know, the, the ownership are going to pay up contracts, which I just don't see us doing, um, especially with, you know, the sustainability thing. Um, he's got a nucleus of a squad which he's gone out on record to say that he's happy with. The few players that he wants to, tie to contracts if he can tie them to contracts um, which is only Soturio James Archibald I think um, you know try and maybe get Mitchell back in I mean you know Mitchell at the training ground the other day said that he'd love to come back next season but that I suppose depends on Millwall if they want to send him up a league again or whether they see that he's going to progress under Wellings and then two or three more um, acquisitions who knows? I mean, at the start of the season, we was all tipping. I mean, I was one of them. I was yeah. all tipping. Yeah, I think most people expect us to be playoffs under Kenny Jacket, and, um, and, and and well, that didn't quite pan out. So 
I'd like to think we're going to be challenging for top three. Um, had a really good chat with uh, Nick Semecki yesterday in the in the supporters club, and he, he gives a real good insight into how the cl- how the ball, the thing. You know, us fans don't see that, and we you know we whine about league positions, sacking managers, this that, and yeah. But they've got a real, you know, the the ownership of the club have got a real direction they want to take us in. And, you know, as much as they want to get us there now, yesterday, the day before, it's all about. Um, They've got, you know, a pathway to get us to, to get us where we want to get. So, I truly believe whatever happens, we're going to be minimum League One within the next few years. But with a little bit of luck, it'll be under Wellings. And to be fair, looking at since Wellings has come in, I mean, it's all right to talk about when Jackie was in charge. There was a few games that we won. You know, even the Swindon game, we we, we batted them. But first half, we we could have been two or three down. Um, so, but under Wellings, I feel like we've got. Uh, much more structured sides um, we look a lot more of a threat we look a lot more assured at the back so a few acquisitions and just based on what we've seen so far I would be shocked if if we're not in the playoffs but uh, I think there'll be an expectation from not only Bridget Williams himself but the board to be top three next season so yeah top three I think Interesting, very, very interesting. So Steve mentioned at the top of this uh, 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 interview, this is your last season sponsoring this podcast. How have you found it over the last three years? Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been such a fantastic journey, and the only reason I'm not renewing uh, for one more season, I was going to do one more, as I said to you guys, but uh, we've just moved into a new house, and I want to replace the roof, so uh, you know, I've got to put money where we're not that expensive, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> no worries. So look, it's been absolutely great having you as our podcast sponsor. I think a lot of fans have benefited from what you do, and I certainly have on my house. Uh, I had that done, so thank you for that. And uh, yeah, it's been an absolutely unbelievable partnership, and yeah, it's worked really well. Yeah, I think you know we've tweeted about it and said not only were you a fantastic sponsor, but we've made both me and Paul have made a friend uh, for life, and it's been a pleasure um, getting to know you over the last three years, and it'll be a pleasure carrying on the relationship without the sponsorship. But as it's just a standard Orient fans anyway, Mr. Yeah. Francis. Maybe we'll see you in the South Stand. We can't hear you too well, Ad. No, it's gone. Oh, there you go. Yeah, say that again. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, boys. It was just a, a, a very quick thank you to all of the Orient fans that have used AJF Plastering for you for your rendering, your plastering. It's been a fantastic journey. Love meeting everybody. The the discount doesn't go away, although I'm not really actively on Twitter at the moment. Um, I'm sure if people get in touch with you, you guys will give on, on the yeah. details, but it, nothing changes. It's just, yeah... I think the time has come to give somebody else a go and um, for any prospective business out there that, that, that sees an opportunity to to, um, to grow their business, I couldn't advocate sponsoring the podcast anymore. Um, you guys do a fantastic job of not only running the podcast, but obviously, um, you know, the advertisement for the, for the company has been fantastic. Um, and what better way to, you know, if you've got a business that you think, oh, you know, I could do with just boosting my clientele a little bit more, uh, what a better way to do it on the Orient Outlook podcast. You get, uh, a, you know, a real good amount of people listening every week. Um, and, to, you know, to, to be able to um, sponsor a podcast and then 
you know, perhaps give your business to fellow Orient fans along the way. It, you know, it, what a, it's been a fantastic journey, boys, and I, and I can't thank you both uh, anymore. It certainly has. It thank you very much has. indeed. We've got one more show to do next week, and then that will be the season finale, the season roundup. So, add. Thank you very much for hanging about for us uh, this evening. Uh, appreciate everything you've done for us. It's been an absolutely brilliant partnership and uh, we will see you at Orient or probably in a pub somewhere very soon. I'll see you at my wedding in July. You absolutely, absolutely will. We mentioned a big August, summer. August, we, oh God. We mentioned a big summer coming up for Paul Adam. We've got a big one coming up for yourself. Before you've got your wedding, though, you've got to get through your stag do. So wish you all the best <laughs> before it happens, mate. All right, cheers, boys. Thanks a lot. See you later. So that was Adam Francis, owner, authorizer of AJF Plastering. We've loved working with AJF Plastering. If anyone is interested in sponsoring the podcast, we'll probably have one slot available, maybe two. So if anyone's interested, give us a DM. We're not actively advertising yet, but we will be soon. But if you've listened to that and thought, actually, that sounds like my street, give us a shout and we will send you out our prospectus which i think it's fair to say so at one hour 24 minutes 10 seconds of this epic podcast it's time to wrap it up yeah so it leaves us to do a fantasy football update jack Merritt is top of the orient outlook podcast fantasy football league he's got 2412 points he's just ahead of dan hall in second place with 2366 i'm sure it was a lot closer last week or the week before it's pulled away yeah Steve is in 181st place out of 315. Slipped a little bit, but there's still three Premier League games or four, four Busy games week this to week. go. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot going on. So let's move on then and let's do the positives and negatives. Yeah, so positives. Then we've got three positives, one negative. The positives, we've finished the league campaign strongly and ended up in 13th. We would have taken that given the scenario we were in two to three months ago. Second one is our goal difference. I think I read this on Twitter that we have become the first team to finish in the bottom half of yeah. League Two. Yeah, we've we've set the record basically. The last record was plus ten for Chester. For Chester, so amazing stats there. And last up, I think you can hear it through us, through Paul Terry, through Adam, through the tweets we've read out. It's very positive going into next season. Everyone's yeah. kind of already buzzing for next season, which is ridiculous because literally it finished yesterday. Yeah. Everyone's already looking forward to next season. We've spoken about Portugal and the two matches. Obviously, there'll be a pre-season friendly roster where I'm sure we'll go to the smaller local teams and maybe get a big team at home. So already you can feel like people are excited about it. Richie's excited about it. So very, very positive going into next season. I guess one way of looking at this is Richie Wellens has kind of had a trial period where he's taken sort of 12, 14 games, hasn't he? And so you've got to understand him a bit more than someone that just comes in at the in pre-season. You don't really know them. You're not sure what they're all about, what their kind of thought process is, how they want to play football. Whereas with Richie, you've kind of seen that and you've got to know him and he's put himself out there a bit. He's done a meet the manager. He's gone on the Orient Hour, <coughs> which was a brilliant interview. Um, and he's put himself out there and, and he's very, very good on the post-match interviews that he does with Dave yeah. and the club. So he's kind of almost like a trial precursor to the to the real deal, which is next season he's like, for me. He's like a shop that's had a soft launch. So yeah, you know it's there yeah, and yeah, yeah. the big launch is the start next Using season. your work, so. absolutely. So one <laughs> negative, just the performance and the loss to Tranmere yesterday. So we'll move on then to the Carol Langley Florist Hero of the Week. Yeah, we were speaking about this um, earlier and yesterday and we thought that based on the performance on the pitch wasn't right to give it to anyone in the first team. Well, we did have a few names who can count themselves unlucky not to be nominated but we thought, hey, 
They came on at half-time yesterday. They've had a stunning season. They probably go well under the radar. If you don't kind of buy a programme or read match reports or listen to the podcast regularly, you probably won't know most of their names, and yet they could be the superstars of the future, as we've seen with Ruel Sotiriou, Matt Young, Krumar, Rhys Byrne. There's lots of them out there doing a great job. So our heroes of the week are... The youth team. So well done to the youth team. The future of Leighton Orient Football Club. Yeah, fantastic. At this point, we will tell you about next week's fixtures, but the season is over. There aren't any, although we do have one more podcast to bring you. But in terms of fixtures, that's it. Done and dusted. We're done. We're out for that. Uh, sponsorship reminder. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs. Although, having said that, he isn't really on it that much. So you can contact him on Facebook. You can contact us. We'll put you in touch. No problem at all. Yeah, so that is it. Thanks to everyone who has joined us for episode 285. A very, very enjoyable Orient Outlook podcast that was. It wasn't the finale we were hoping for. What turned out to be a bit of a poor performance on the pitch. A bit lacklustre. Plus one also trying me as our season ended. However, like we've said, lots of positivity on and off the pitch. Richie Wellens is looking to reshape the team. He's already kind of told us what he thinks is going to come in. Hopefully, we have a big, big push for next season. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a subscribe and give the podcast a five-star rating and review on whatever platform or you get your podcast on. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, Tune in and Stitcher. Add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're on smart speakers as well as the Fan Hub engagement app, which is brilliant. So listening to us could not be easier. Yeah, on Spotify, like Paul said, you can rate the show. We've got 39 reviews Lovely. on Spotify. Five that's great. Boost, yeah. All five stars, yeah. And that's quite a new feature. So if you listen on Spotify, please go and rate the show. iTunes, I f- still think we're stuck on 95. So... We get more than 95 listeners. Say it every week. Come on, boost us to 100 by this time next week so we can enjoy our summer holidays as well. Like we said last week, if you've got an older relative or a loved one or an Orange chum or a West Ham fan, an Arsenal fan or a Tottenham fan or a Chelsea fan or a Championship Club fan or a League One, anyone who's disillusioned with their club, get this podcast in their ears. You will convince them to come to Orient. We've seen it with Dave Danu, who was a West Ham fan, listened to this podcast a couple of years ago and transformed to Orient. It does work. So get this down people's ears a massive thank you before we head out on this one to Paul Terry great to speak to Paul very good and spoke very very really really good and to Adam Francis as well who has done a great job in sponsoring the podcast so that's almost a wrap from us this season being the John Day we'll be back next week though next week we full season roundup episode 286 the full season roundup the last one of this season game by game and we'll be obviously going through season and our award winners and everything else. So in the meantime, and as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. <laughs>